Hi, I'm Kyla Graham. I run Synergy Accounting Advisory. I'm a nonprofit CPA passionate about helping nonprofit leaders get comfortable talking about money. I focus on accounting, consulting, and education. So I'm your nonprofit ace. Welcome to the podcast. Any accounting, business, and tax advice contained in this here podcast is not intended as a thorough, in-depth analysis of specific issues, nor is it a substitute for former information, nor is it sufficient to avoid tax-related penalties. If you have specific questions that you need advice for, be sure to schedule a strategy session and not solely rely on information in this podcast. Hi. So I have recognized that a lot of nonprofit leaders are really uncomfortable talking about money. And that is one of the reasons why we started the Nonprofit Ace podcast was to get more people to say like, oh, I can do this. This is not that complicated. I do recognize though that sometimes we need to go a step deeper. And so we are having a webinar. I know it's a thing. Um, So I'm doing a webinar. So we actually dig into how your good reporting, understanding your financials will actually lead to better fundraising outcomes deepening your impact, serving your community more, all of those things. So definitely check out the show notes for the link to sign up. Welcome to another episode of the Nonprofit Ace Podcast. I'm your host, Kyla Graham. Today, I am talking with Crystal M. Cherry of The Board Pro. Hey, Crystal. Hey, how are you? I am good. What are you celebrating today? What's something good that's happening that you're like, I wish I'd want to tell somebody about this. Well, first, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, Today, I am celebrating two years of being an entrepreneur and working with nonprofits to help their boards be more effective and to learn how to govern and lead and steward and cultivate and all those fundraising and proper words for nonprofit work. And it has (laughs) been an amazing journey. I'm very, very excited. Oh, well, congratulations. I'm excited for you. I feel like every year you're like, what? I did it. I did it again. I did it again. So yes, congratulations to you. You did tell us a little bit about your work. So tell me how can people connect with you? Where should they find you? Should they go to your website? Should they follow you on social media? Yeah, you can you can find me in multiple ways. You can go to my website, uh, www.theboardpro.com. Or you can find me on LinkedIn, just at Crystal M. Cherry, and either way, you'll find me. And yeah, if you want to learn more about the work that I do and the services that I offer, it's probably best to go to my website. But if you hit me up on LinkedIn, more than likely, I will respond and we can connect that way. So yeah, I'm pretty easy to find. Yeah, so LinkedIn is my preferred platform, so I totally get it. So thanks for being on the podcast. I wanted to ask, you know, I got a few standard questions that I want to get out the way before we dig into what you want people to know more about. You did mention in your intro that you work with boards on governance and trainings. Tell me why. What happened and what made you say, like, this is the thing that I want to get into? Yeah. So um, I am a trained 23-year nonprofit fundraiser and have worked for multiple nonprofits, you know, worked the first 10 years or so in higher education, then moved into um, the faith-based space and worked for a couple of seminaries, worked with pastors and bishops and elders in fundraising. And then I moved into human services. And after all of that, I just decided I wanted to do something else. I wanted to use all that I had learned as a nonprofit fundraiser and continue to work in the sector 
And I kept thinking, how can I make a difference? How can I have an impact? What can I contribute? I just started thinking about all of those board meetings that I sat in uh, <laughs> as a, you know, as a staff person. You know how you sit on the side and the board is sitting at the table, watching and observing. And in some cases, some of the boards just seem so apathetic, so like I wish I wasn't here. You know, this is so not interesting to me. I don't even really know what's going on. You know, I'm doing my grocery list right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting on the side watching going, oh, my God, we are doing such a horrible job of making this an exciting experience for them, you know, or we, you know, we weren't prepared, we weren't on time. And so I just kept thinking there is so much more that we can do uh, as nonprofit leaders to help prepare our board to do the work and to keep them engaged and keep them excited. So when I decided I was going to step out on my own, I thought, this is the space I'm going to play in. This is where I'm going to come in and learn all I can um, about board work, take my lived experiences with that, and I'm going to get out here and hang out my shingle. And I did that the year before the pandemic hit, not knowing what to expect. First, it was kind of moving a little slow. We were hanging on by a, you know, by a nail then. And then all of the social unrest started happening and nonprofits started looking inward and realizing there were some things that they needed to do, starting with leadership to make yeah. change at their organizations. And my phone started ringing and I've been pretty busy ever since. So it was, it was in, in retrospect, it was a good decision and I'm very happy that I made it. Well, yay. Thank you. Because I definitely know that the glassy, I think I call it the glassy eyed. They're just like, so here, I've definitely board meetings where people I'm like, please don't fall asleep. Please don't fall asleep. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so as you've started to do your work, what has been one of the things that you wish more organizations were prioritizing when it comes to their board and board governance? Well, first, I think I, I wish that they just realized that board members should be cultivated and treated like donors. You know, we go out of our way to make sure that we're building relationships with our donors um, that we're getting to know them, that we're learning about them, that we're trying to find out what excites them, you know, what keeps them engaged with our work and with our mission, and then trying to find those priorities that align with them that will hopefully get them to make a, a gift and donation and volunteer and all those good things. It's the same with board members. We need to get to know them. We need to know their birthdays. We need to know the anniversaries and what's going on in their, in their lives with their kids and their wives. And so that we can celebrate that with them. We need to understand their cultural differences, right? Understand mm -hmm. what traditions that they celebrate, you know, what, uh, uh, what holidays are important to them. And when we start really investing in, in getting to know our board members, they will feel the love from us. They will feel that we're really interested in them and they will stay. They're already passionate about the mission. Yeah. I think the relationship piece is what's missing. And uh, the board chair, the governance chair, um, all of those leaders on boards need to do a better job of reaching out to our board members and um, getting to know them, engaging with them and keeping them excited about the work. No, I definitely never thought about like, how deep could you go to know your board better. And so I think that's a really good idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I was, you know, when I was the fundraiser, I would try to learn as much as I could about the boards that I worked with so that I could, you know, send them a, you know, happy birthday card, happy anniversary, or welcome to your new grandbaby or congratulations on your daughter getting married or whatever, just mm -hmm. to build relationships with them. So that when, when I did call them for something, or I did send an email that they would respond or that they would call me back because I'm building relationships <laughs> with them, right? 
So in the the end, I'm going to get what I want if I continue to show genuine interest in who they are. I think that's part of the key. It's like that genuine interest. And it's not remembering that it's about the relationships. I know it can be like, oh, we just need to ask. You don't ask strangers for money. Like, it's right. so hard, I should say. Not that you don't. It's so hard to ask strangers for money. So wouldn't it be easier if you just got to know the people already in the circle right. and build there and be sort of a reach for them? So are there any resources as, that you found to be helpful in either tracking some of that information or keeping it all straight? So I'm like, ooh. Or how do you manage all of that information? <laughs> well, just like we do with our donors, we need to create a board stewardship plan so that we are knowing how many times we're touching our donors with opportunities for them to get involved and to stay abreast of what's happening with the organization. So every month there should be some kind of touch, whether it be a newsletter or a social media post or a phone call or an opportunity for them to come and do a day of, of giving with your organization. And then also you know, as a fundraiser, I would give them opportunities to engage with me on a weekly basis. And so I had a to-do list that I had to complete every week. And rather than me trying to, you know, as one person trying to do 50,000 things, I would call my board and ask for help. I would, you know, ask them to call a donor for me to thank them for a big gift or to look over a grant before I submitted it. Or if I was going on a visit with a big donor, I might ask one of my board members to go with me on that particular day. And so every week I had a menu of ways that boards can stay interested and involved and engaged in our work in between board meetings so that, you know, they didn't feel like, well, we're not going to meet up with the board again until next April. What am I to do until then? Right. (laughs) So I would always say, don't ask that question. I have plenty for you to do. (laughs) But it worked and it was wonderful because. You know, you might be busy one week and you can't do anything, but the next week you might have a slow week and you can make a phone call or you can Mm -hmm. sign a letter. And so, you know, every week they were given an opportunity to do something and it really worked. So I just think we have to be more intentional about keeping our boards involved and engaged. And you know what? This should be a fun and rewarding experience for them. You know, people will pay attention and put some time and energy and love into things that they enjoy doing. And so if they enjoy serving on your board, they will continue to reach out to you even if you don't reach out to them. (laughs) No, I do like that, a cultivation plan and making it like, how do you get some things off your to-do list? Exactly. Not like, you know, quote unquote menial work or something trivial. You're like, this is something I need to get done. Like, can you help me with this? Like, this matters. So, yeah. And you'd be surprised how many board members are excited that, you know, they can look over a grant. Those who are detail-oriented, they want to look over the grant to make sure all the I's are dotted and T's are crossed. Or they would be excited to call a donor and say, you know, I'm a board member and thank you so much for your donation and for your loyalty to our organization. You'd be surprised how many board members respond to those kinds of tasks and would love to do those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, having done some interviews myself and realizing so sometimes people ask questions and I'm just like, that is totally not what I want to talk about. I want to know, <laughs> what is a question that you wish more people asked you? Ooh, you mean related to board service? Anything you want to tell us. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, let's see. Um, many people may not know that um, I adopted a baby um, years ago. I have a son who's now 12. It was, you know, a wonderful and terrifying experience all at the same time because I was trepidated about being a, a new mom. 
But um, I wish that more people asked me about my adoption experience and how they might, you know, adopt. I mean, a lot of people are, are wanting to be parents and for whatever reason, um, it's not happening the traditional way and there are opportunities for them to do that. And so I wish more people asked me about that. And I would love to share that. In fact, I just I just wrote a book, a children's book about being different. And it's really in a book about uh, children accepting one another and uh, creating environments where children feel like they belong and not intimidating each other or teasing one another for being different. And I'm very excited about it. The book is called Mac and Cheese, Being Different is Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, and my son, who is named Malcolm, uh, his nickname is Mac. <laughs> he, um, he, he's out on the playground playing with children. He's the only um, African-American and Latino child on the playground. Everyone else is white. And he's trying to, um, you know, engage with them and play with them. And they're not really being warm and welcoming. And he's feeling some kind of way about it. So he starts to walk home and on his way home, he meets a little boy named Cheese, who is also African-American, but also different. He's very dark. He has blue eyes and kinky hair and Uh he can become friends. And he teaches Mac that being different is okay, And that, you know, that you can be the change that you want and that you can go back and invite other people to play with you. And so that's kind of what happens in this book. And so the two of them begin to play together and then all the other children want to play with them. And it's just really a cute little poem uh, for children ages three to eight. And it really talks to them about being different and that we're all unique and that we all matter. And I think in this time when we are talking so much about diversity, equity, and inclusion as adults, we forget that children are listening and watching and that for them, what we mean when we say we all belong and we all matter. And that's really the point of the book. So be sure to send me over the link to that so we can include the show notes for today. Any other resources you want to share with anyone? Um, Otherwise we will put your book and your website in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. You can pick up a copy of my book on Amazon and you can also, I think it's also downloadable um, on Kindle. So you can buy it as a hard copy or you can buy it as an ebook. The hard copy is $12.99. The ebook is $5.99. And it's a, you know, it's a great book for you to, to, to read to your little ones and start talking to them about children in their classrooms or daycare that might look a little different than they do. Well, thank you so much, Crystal. We will, of course, be in touch. All right. Have a good one, everyone. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Nonprofit Ace Podcast. Be sure to follow the Nonprofit Ace Podcast on your favorite podcast player so you never miss an episode. If you want to continue the conversation, follow me on Instagram. I'm at CNRG Advisory. I want to hear from you. So be sure to send me a DM if you have any questions that you want to get answered and leave me a review on your favorite podcast player. Be that CastBox, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Thanks for listening.